Hi, and welcome to She's Not Right. Thank you for joining me. I've had a special request to speak about Joe Biden and tell you a little bit about him. And I am so thrilled to do this because he is just such a good man. He's a really good human being, and he has a lot of experience. And yes, he's been a public servant for many years, and that gives him that experience. And he did also grow up in a blue-collar city north in northeast Pennsylvania. His father worked cleaning furnaces and selling used cars. His dad lost his job, and then they had to move to Mayfair Field, Delaware, because there was more work there. So Joe Biden also knows the feeling of losing a job and then trying to find one and what you have to do uh, during those kinds of times, you know, and worry about an electric bill, worry about paying the rent. Whereas Trump has zero comprehension of what that means to most of us. I'd also like to point out, because I think it's important, that uh, Joe Biden struggled with a severe stutter as a child, and he was bullied relentlessly. So eventually, he did overcome his uh, stutter on his own by reading long pieces of poetry out loud in front of the mirror. So when you see him stop and think, or it looks like he might have forgotten what he said, personally, I really think that he is still working on not stuttering. I'm not sure that it's something that goes away. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the clips from his campaigns, but kids that stutter want to go to his campaign rally and if you've seen him he actually gives them the greatest little pep talk tells him you know what he did to overcome it and um, gives him suggestions and also has given them his cell phone number in case they need it I mean he's just he's just an awesome human being So anyway, uh, after high school, he attended the University of Delaware, and uh, that is where he uh, got his interest in politics. He did study history and political science, but he also played football, so he's a normal kind of guy. And, uh, but that's where his political interest really came to light, and when uh, John F. Kennedy was inaugurated, Uh, It really kind of pushed him over the edge to get involved. So he um, graduated, and then he went to uh, law school. And um, at the Syracuse University uh, Law School. And after he graduated, he did get married. And he had three children. And um, he also 
during that time, he became very an active member in the Democratic Party, and he was actually elected to the Newcastle County Council in 1970. And I know this seems like ages ago to most of you, but again, this is how long he's been a public service, and he has done really wonderful things. So in 1972, the Delaware Democratic Party encouraged a very young 29-year-old Biden to run against a popular Republican for the United States Senate. And of course, Joe Biden ran a tireless campaign in that November with a large turnout. Biden won an upset victory and became the fifth youngest U.S. Senator elected in the nation's history. So everything's going really wonderful for the Bidens. And horribly enough, a week before Christmas in 1972, Biden's wife and three children were involved in a terrible car accident. The accident killed his wife and 18-month-old daughter and severely injured both his sons. So, of course... Joe was inconsolable. This was was devastating, obviously, but he had his two sons to worry about. And at the encouragement of his family, friends, and colleagues, he decided to honor his commitment to representing the people of Delaware in the Senate. But he did skip the swearing-in ceremony for new senators in Washington and instead took the oath of office from his son's, both son's, hospital room. And somehow this man, going through all of this, was able to move forward, not only professionally, but he made sure that he was home to have dinner with his two surviving sons every night. And somehow he was able to fight for people without a voice in our country and still be a present, active, and involved father who has an amazingly close relationship to all his children and his grandchildren even today. You know, that says something about this man. How many men really, you know, are able to do that, you know, keep that closeness and and, and really be that involved and still have this amazingly uh, strapping career. So he did serve in the Senate from 1973 to 2009, very distinguishedly. Uh, He focused on foreign relations, criminal justice, and drug policy. Now, in 1987, the confirmation for Supreme Court of Robert Bork failed to come to light, largely attributed to the harsh questioning of Joe Biden. And as a side note, the reason Biden opposed the nomination is centered on Bork's stated desire to 
to roll back the civil rights decisions of the Warren and Burger courts and his role in the October 1973 Saturday Night Massacre. So those are things that you can look up, <clears throat> excuse me, but you can tell just from the sounds of them that they're not very good <laughs> and not something that a Supreme Court justice should even be involved with. Uh, he was the lead senator in writing the law that established the Office of Drug Cesar, a position that oversees the national drug control policy. Now, he does... One thing I really love about Joe is when he's wrong, he says he was wrong. And recently in one of his debates, which I hope you watch both debates in full and not just bits and pieces because it's important, but he admits, I was wrong because... It didn't do what it was supposed to do. What, hap- what was happening was small-time drug people caught with drugs were getting thrown in jail for ridiculous amounts of time. But you have to realize back then when he did this law, I grew up in South Florida. And if you have ever seen the movie Scarface, well, we actually had drug dealers like that. We actually had big-time drug dealers that were that scary. Seriously. Especially in Miami. It was it was a crazy time and that was really where all of this came from but it ended up turning into something where, you know, people, you know, with possession of drugs were just getting thrown in jail for, you know, really long times and of course many black Americans and he, you know, he admits wholeheartedly, and that's what he's been working on, changing that ever since. Once it's once it went off the rails and went in the wrong direction. Uh, but he also, in 1990, he introduced a bill that would later become the Violence Against Women Act, the VAWA. The act addresses sexual assault and domestic violence, and it was signed into law by President Bill Clinton in 1994. And that bill is an amazing bill because it just even acknowledges domestic violence and sexual assault. So again, these are things that you should be looking up and researching and finding out for yourself because they're important. Now, not only does he lose half of his family, right, his beautiful wife and beautiful daughter, gets through all of that, um, meets his second wife, Jill, who's an amazing woman, uh, and gets married in 1977, I believe. Um, Now, in 1988, he started suffering from severe headaches and they discovered that he had two life-threatening brain aneurysms. And then he had complications from the brain surgery that led to blood clots in his lungs, which in turn caused him to undergo another surgery. But he got through that too. And after seven months of recovery, he was back in the Senate. And then, of course, you know that Obama selected Biden as his running mate, and Obama's reasoning was is because with his work, with uh, his working class roots, and um, 
his economic recovery to the blue-collar voters in the crucial swing states. And he's, you know, Biden is who he is. You know, they say, oh, people say they love Trump because he tells it like it is. Well, that's Biden, but only with a heart and with compassion and with common sense and without narcissism. He doesn't need to be seen and heard every single day, which is something I really am looking forward to not having to see Trump every single day. So then, of course, hopefully you know that in 2008, Barack Obama and Joe Biden defeated the Republican ticket and won for the president and vice president. Now, as vice president, he took roles uh, formulating federal policies relating to Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, In 2010, he used his well-established Senate connections to help secure a passage of the new strategic arms tradition treaty between the United States and Russian Federation. Um, Of course, in 2012, they were re-elected again. And uh, he started um, working on, he was on a special task force, task force to come up with Um, better solutions to for reducing gun violence across the nation again something he's still working on Uh, he was also very influential in um, this is harder to explain (laughs) But so I'll read it, but you will have to look this up as well. But he was instrumental in achieving a bipartisan agreement on a tax increase, increases in spending cuts to avoid the fiscal cliff crisis. With a looming deadline, Biden was able to hammer out a deal with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. And on January 1st, 2013, the fiscal cliff bill passed in the Senate after months of tough negotiations. Okay, now what was the fiscal cliff? The fiscal cliff refers to a combination of expiring tax cuts and across-the-board government spending cuts that was scheduled to become effective December 31st, 2012. The idea behind the fiscal cliff was that if the federal government allowed these two events to proceed as planned, they would have detrimental effect on the already shaky economy, perhaps sending it back into an official recession as it cut household incomes, increased unemployment rates, and undermined consumer and investor confidence. At the same time, it was predicted that going over the fiscal cliff would significantly reduce the federal budget deficit. So again, that's something that you have to really look up to understand. Uh, you have to read more about it and, and it can give you a better understanding if you, if you don't, if, if that didn't explain it to you. But also to point out that President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden inherited a recession. They walked right into a recession. 
they pulled us out of that recession and they had continually growing numbers of of the unemployment and uh, sorry <laughs> I just went blank there's so much I want to tell you about him he's just so awesome um, but they had a growing economy and it was growing it was already growing when Trump walked into a growing economy now it did grow after Trump was elected but it already was growing there was nothing that he saved us from all right so on a personal thing um, Biden was seen uh, to be really show his publicly show his empathy as a human. He was on The View and he had an interaction with Megan McCain, whose dad, Senator John McCain, had been diagnosed with um, the same cancer that his son, Bo, had died of. And that's another tragedy. Sorry, I skipped that. In 2015, Here he goes at another tragedy in his life. His son, Bo, died at the age of 46 after battling brain cancer. So that's when he decided not to run for the presidency. And then he was seen on on uh, on the show, The View, And when Meghan McCain became visibly upset while discussing the disease, the vice president gently took her hand to console her, pointing out how Senator McCain inspired everyone with his courage. There is hope, he said, and if anybody can make it, your dad can. Now that's a complete opposite thing from what Trump had said about John McCain, who was a war hero and a prisoner of war. And he actually said he doesn't like people who were captured. They're losers. He likes people who weren't captured or somewhere around that. So it's just, they're night and day, these people. They're night and day. <sighs> so after that, he just was mourning his son. The whole family was mourning Bo's death. And he just didn't see um, where that window would open at the time for him to run for president. But then the results of the Harvard-Harris poll in June suggested that Democrats weren't ready to let Biden walk away as he topped the poll with 32% of participants naming him their favorite for the party's nomination in 2020. And he wasn't even running. Well, what does that say? He's just such a good man. So he did 
April 25, 2019, he did announce that he was running for president. And he did happen to reference President Trump's attempt to compare people on both sides in Charlottesville and adding the threat to our nation was unlike any that he'd ever seen in his lifetime. So, in September 2019, President Trump had pressured the Ukrainian government to investigating the Biden and his son Hunter. Now, this is where the impeachment comes in and, and all of that. And uh, to this day, they keep bringing it up now, and there's no facts. That's why Barr can't even do anything. He can't, he can't even do an investigation because there is nothing, absolutely nothing to go on. So even his own people within his staff or within who he has appointed, they can't do anything about it because it's so not true. There is literally nothing to go on. So, of course, hopefully you know, then he announced Kamala Harris as his vice presidential running mate. And he says of her that she is a fearless fighter for the little guy and one of the country's finest public servants. And back when she was the attorney general, that he watched as she took on the big banks, lifted up working people, and protected women and kids from abuse. Now, again... Please, you hear all this stuff coming out of Trump's mouth about Kamala as well. All you really ever have to do is watch her at a Senate hearing and the way she questions people. She doesn't get ruffled. They can they can pounce at her the most low belt thing and she'll just look at them and go, So is that a no? I love it. You have to see it. Uh, so anyway, now we're a week, exactly a week from election, election day. More people have voted already. Already than the total amount who voted in 2016. And I'm very encouraged by this, and I hope that that means... I think it means that most Americans are done with this. This has been a horrible vision of America with Trump in it. It's just been a horrible vision. This is not America locking up kids in cages and, oh God, just the list goes on, you know, the way he tells the cops to, you're too nice, hurt them more, you know, and tells white supremacists to, you know, stand by. He, he just, you know, he was never a public servant. He was always out for himself. And he's a narcissist. And that's why every building is a Trump building. And he's, you know, there's a million things that he has done. And why people accept this, I have no idea certainly things that President Obama would have never, or any president for that matter. President Bush, I don't think he, or President Reagan, I don't think he would have gotten away with the things Trump has just tossed out. He he says he runs on law and order, except for him and his buddies, and whoever else might, I guess, rat on him. But it's insane, the things that he does, that is 
number one, you know, just the integrity of it is completely wrong. Like having the Republican convention at the White House. Okay, there's no law against that, but really? Is that what you do? Just... It just makes me crazy. It makes me so crazy that I can't even breathe. So, please, don't just watch bits and pieces. I know that's the easy way. I know you can go online and just see clips from their speeches and clips from the debates. Don't do that. Please, watch them in full. That's how you get the full story. Also, do your research and make sure you are looking at reliable news sources. I liked even like Forbes. Forbes always has been a very center to right news source. They leaned to the right. They didn't lean the story, but they might have leaned the opinion to the right. But even now, even Forbes can't do it. They are, sounds like they anyway are, but they tell facts. They tell facts. And Trump has so many false things that he says that it's really hard to keep up with. I mean, this presidency has just been uh, just an absolute nightmare. Now, I would like to mention also um, the vice president's wife, Dr. Jill Biden, And she was the first second lady to continue working while serving her duties as the second lady. She's a school teacher. She's not only, she's not only a teacher, not a school teacher per se anymore, but, um, she, uh, got her, uh, doctorate. So that's why she's Dr. Uh, Jill Biden now. And, uh, but also as they've been married for 43 years and um, she's been a beloved mother to his two sons that lost their mother and she uh, also as a uh, second lady uh, because one of her stepsons was in the military she became involved with a nonprofit organization, Delaware Boots on the Ground, which helps family during times of military deployment. Uh, she and First Lady Michelle Obama also launched Joining Forces and in, uh, an initiative which was provided educational and employment resources, as well as health wellness services to military personnel and their families. She also wrote a children's book, Don't Forget God Bless Our Troops. And um, it's based on her granddaughter's story of a military family's experience with deployment. And additionally, Biden co-founded the Book Buddies program. So she is, you know, she's really quite the woman. Now, I also should mention, because uh, I should mention Ashley, that they did have a child together, um, Ashley Biden. And like I said, he's got a very close, they're just such a tight family. And you see them get, you know, 
different affairs. And that's the thing that struck me with the Trumps, you know, like even with the Bushes and with the Reagans, you know, you saw them out playing together and being as a family, you know, and the Kennedys and, you know, boating or riding horses or, uh, you know, just the holidays. And, you know, there was always a dog. (laughs) There's always something very family. So I hope this gave you a little bit of information. Please message me if you have any questions. My apologies for my voice and having to stop. I don't have a stutter, but um, that's why I haven't been recording because I have this some kind of allergy that's just when I talk, I get this tickle in my throat and it makes me cough. It's finally calmed down a little but it still makes my voice go in and out and I have to stop and stop myself, stop talking to stop myself from, from coughing. So I thank you so much for tolerating that. And please, please, please vote. So many things depend on this election. They already got the Supreme Court Justice in. They confirmed her last night. Very sad that our beloved RBG would be replaced with this particular person, but I only can hope and pray that she knows that RBG had such a big hand in her having been able to even pursue the career that she has and to actually get to this point in her career. So I hope she respects and appreciates that. And that's all we can hope for at this point. And just vote because everybody's life is on the line with this election. Thank you for listening to She's Not Right. I appreciate it. Vote. Vote. Please vote.